We started a short series on joy, just like two. Next week, we actually open another short series on open heavens, which I'm excited about. And uh, But I want to talk to you this morning about joy uh, restored. Uh, in Nehemiah 8.10, it said, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So here's one of the most famous passages in the Bible, right here in the book of Nehemiah. I mean, how many of you grew up, maybe been around church for a while, and you used to sing that little, joy of the Lord is our strength, right? I mean, we, we know this. This is an amazing, famous passage. And, and, and when we look at this, there's a, this is the time of exiles coming home, and the temple being rebuilt, and the, the walls of the city being repaired. This is the context of what's happening here. And Nehemiah was a real figure, but he was also a representative or type of the Holy Spirit that's moving even today to bring people into the kingdom and to rebuild uh, the temple, so to speak, because now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and rebuild walls. I mean, there's things that we give our life to Jesus and then there's this process and journey of God actually just repairing and restoring some things. Amen. So uh, there, there are people this morning, as I was just praying about this over the last few days, that God is rebuilding some things in your life. He, he, he's actually repairing some breaches. There's people here today that you, you, the, the enemy has kind of breached some things in your life, kind of trespassed, kind of broken down some things. And, and I believe that the Lord is, is really intent and purposeful about about rebuilding some of those things and repairing some of those things. And what's interesting to me is that passage of Scripture in Nehemiah, this is the priest Ezra, and he's reading the Word of God right next to what would, it's called the water gate, okay? So he's reading, it's kind of a, a cool picture of the early church because he's, the Bible said he's, he's on a platform and the people have gathered together to hear the Word of God and he's positioned before the water gate, which is the gate of cleansing and sanctification. We see that in the book of Ephesians where we're washed with the water of the Word. I mean, so this is an amazing picture in the Old Testament of the pattern of a church that we see today. And then we see this famous passage, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now see, here's the deal. We don't always equate, in fact, maybe we never equate strength with joy. I mean, when we see somebody that's joyful, we don't naturally go like, wow, that's a really strong person, do we? But yet here we see it connected. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So their strength and joy are actually intertwined. And there's something, you know, in the natural, there's something contagious about joy. Something that moves uh, with joy. Something that has an effect. But we don't look at a person that's joyful and laughing and go, wow, what a strong person. That's not what, what we tend to do. Can I, can I just say this? Jesus does not want joyless Christianity. He doesn't want joyless Christianity. Like, like... <clears throat> Look at the contrast between John the Baptist and Jesus. It was kind of interesting because it said in Matthew eleven eighteen, 18, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he is a demon. Wow. 
Can you imagine John the Baptist? I mean, kind of a like intimidating figure. You know, I mean, you know, rough looking guy living in the desert, eating grasshoppers and honey dripping down his beard and comes neither eating or drinking. I mean, like, Ooh, that would be tough to actually have Pastor John the Baptist preaching this morning. Repent. And then it says, Jesus, the Son of Man, came eating and drinking. And they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, and yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. So Jesus, think about this, Jesus was always getting invited to the party. Think about that. There, there was a... It was just a joy in him. I mean, yeah, there was a sorrow in him because he knew what was going to happen, but there was a joy in him because he knew the, the ultimate outcome. And, and when we, you know, Robbie and I have done, oh, I don't know, probably in 25, 30 years of ministry, I, I can't remember how many like weddings, you know, that I've, that I've done. And uh, it's always interesting because you do the wedding, and then somebody will come up and say, um, you're invited to the reception, but you realize they don't really want a preacher at the reception. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the way it is. It's like awkward because people, especially if they're like, I mean, not you. Y'all are like, y'all know that we're real people, but sometimes people out in the world, they look at a pastor and they go, ooh, I don't know if I want him at my party or not. But Jesus got invited to the party because it's like, I mean, he went to, the, 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 the first miracle was the wedding at Cana. You know, it's like, his mom knew what Jesus was all about. Hey, they're out of the, they're out of wine. Would you just come on, help them out here? Listen, I get, I get invited to all kinds of parties if I just could have that miraculous turning water into wine thing. You know, that'd be pretty cool. <clears throat> My luck, it'd be like more craft beer. You know, it's just like, oh. But think about this. In joy, atmospheres are changed and countenances are lifted. Even if circumstances don't change, the way that we view them and move ahead can change. Uh, Robbie brought a great point that scientists have found the correlation between laughter and even your physical health. It makes your, you know, and I won't read through all of this, but laughter reduces tension and stress and relaxes the tissues. I didn't realize this, but laughter exercises the most vital organs. Somebody's laughing and it's like there's some organ exercise that's going on. Isn't that crazy? Like that belly laughter stuff is actually really, really good for you. Um, Charles Spurgeon was called the Prince of Preachers. 22 years old, he was actually leading probably the largest church in in England, in the world, 10,000 people, 22 years old. Just an amazing, amazing preacher. And he said this. He was emphasizing to his class the importance of making the facial expression harmonize with the speech. Think about it. The prince of preachers, right? And so he says this. He says, when you speak of heaven... He said, let your face light up. Let it be irradiated with the heavenly gleam and let your eyes shine with reflected glory. Whew, that's pretty cool, huh? But then he says this, but when you speak of hell, 
Well, then your ordinary face will do. (laughs) There's got to be something in us that reflects the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And y'all got to get... You are way... You you need to help me preach. I don't care if you didn't get to bed till 3.30 in the morning. I didn't get to bed till like 12.30. I'm like, when's the last time? God, it's terrible. But biblically, there's so many declarations, admonishments, instructions to be joyful. We're actually commanded to be joyful if we understand what the Bible is saying. Okay, in Philippians 4, it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then we see in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it talks about rejoicing always. And these words, these instructions that Paul was written were not written in the best of times. They were actually written while he was sitting in a jail cell. And it's like he's saying, come on, we got to live above. There's a way to live, and it's living above our circumstances. And there's a joy that's that's there. Joshua 1.6, the Lord speaks to Joshua, and he says, and I want you to see this, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. And understanding now that the joy of the Lord is our strength, then joy factors into the courage of a believer. There's something about the courage and joy of a believer that walks together. Understanding that, you know, once again, I believe the joy of the Lord is what enables us to walk with strength, walk with courage, walk with faith and confidence into the future. And a lot of times we don't partner the joy with the courage, the joy with the strength. We find ourselves majoring on the minors. We find ourselves irritated by the smallest things. We find ourselves exhausted. We don't, we don't cry at funerals or laugh at weddings. We're stressed out. We're put out. We're freaked out. We're spaced out. We're played out. I mean, we, we find our condition, we're done, right? We, we find ourselves turning into Mr. Snappy, you know, Nagatha, Critical Chris, Mean Mug and Mike. I mean, we don't find ourselves basically walking in a way that's joyful. You, you present yourself like that on a consistent basis and people go, wow, you know, what, what is about this Christianity that you want me to, uh, listen to? Man, sometimes you, sometimes if we're not careful, we can be the most, you know, the most, you know, E or people around on the face of the earth and we have everything to live for. Amen. And too many believers, joyless Christians are not, it's not biblical. So the word of God's got too many references to joy, how we're supposed to walk it out. And, and, and just as our peace can be invaded, our joy can be stolen. I believe there's an enemy that wants us to be joyless. And I believe there are also things that we, we do to negate joy in our lives. And thus, we, we, we have to take some responsibility. Where's the joy? I think it might be one of the most underrated aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Robbie went there last week. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And I loved how she brought out this is that, okay, they'll know we are Christians by our what? Love. If Jesus was going to brand his ministry with one thing, it would be love. But then you see joy. And I'm like, hmm. See, what, 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 having the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit without joy, what would that look like? Like, I'm kind of pondering this a little bit. I'm going to be patient without joy. I'm going to be kind without joy because I have to be kind. I mean, it's like, come on, how do we present ourselves in this? I'm going to be good. I'm going to be faithful. (laughs) Have you ever been around a person like that? I'm going to be faithful. It's like, where's the joy, man? I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be full of faith, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, listen, it, it, it seems to be the attribute or the attitude that flees or discarded the quickest during trials and stress and difficulty. Joy, the word, means in the in the Greek it means joy. I know that was deep. I had to go right to the strongs concordance to figure that one out. No, really what it means is joy is chara, which means rejoice and exuberant life. And here's the cool thing. When you see the, the word rejoice in the Bible, we think, oh yeah, rejoice. Rejoice means clapping. It means singing. It means dancing. I mean, it's kind of, it encompasses all that stuff. Rejoice. Okay. And this is going to be important as we, as we get a little further into the word, but there's also some joy stealing strategies that sap your strength. Man, the enemy knows what he's doing. The first one is unmet expectations. Every disappointment comes from unmet expectations. I expected this and I got this. Right? And so, you know, and I, it's kind of crazy because if we're honest, we find like, oh man, I'm having an issue with my wife right now. Why? Because she didn't meet my expectations. I'm having an issue with my neighbor right now. Why? Because he or she didn't meet my expectations. They didn't do what I thought they would do. They didn't do what I thought they should do. Sometimes we can even be that with God. God didn't meet my expectations because that person shouldn't have passed away. That person shouldn't be sick. Why didn't that person get healed? Why did God allow this to happen in my life? And sometimes we find, and it steals your joy. Another joy-stealing strategy is unresolved conflict. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Pursue peace with all people. All people, not just the ones you like, not just the ones that you agree with. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Man, I'm telling you what, if you don't walk through this reconciliation ministry that we have, I mean, this is kind of scary without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. 
relational conflicts are probably the biggest joy and peace killer there is. And if I can say this to a people who the Bible says have been given the ministry of reconciliation, we stink at it most of the time. We don't do real good at it. Well, if they'll come to me, then I will forgive them. If they'll make it right, then maybe I'll invite them to dinner again. And I'm not saying with some real, you know, dark, disturbing things that have happened that you don't put up boundaries. Don't, don't, I mean, don't, don't hear me wrong. But I'm saying, man, sometimes we let the littlest thing become the mountains. And we're dying on stuff and there's no fruit. See, when it steals your joy, there's no joy, there's no strength, there's no strength, there's no courage, there's no courage, there's no crossing over into the promised land, into the promises, you don't pass go, you don't collect. Or how about unconfessed sin? Unconfessed sin is a joy killer. David writes this in Psalm 32.1. He's dealing with his sin. And he says this. He says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and whose, in whose spirit there is no deceit. So, 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 so David's dealing with... Here's what he says. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Through my groaning all day long... For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you. And my iniquity I have not hidden. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And then in verse 11, he says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. I'm telling you what, man. uh, Sin can just weigh you down. And the, the, the best thing you do, the cleanest thing you do is just say, God, search my heart. Search me, oh God, know my heart. See if there be any wicked in me. And, and, and you'll find that when you release that, man, joy just is comes in again. And then how about joy builders? Things that build joy. First of all, knowing how God views you will build your joy. We, we, you know, we are trapped so much by peer pressure, what so-and-so thinks about me, what my father thinks about me, what my family thinks about me, what my, you know, what my colleagues think about me. We're so, and, and listen, the main thing is understanding how, what God thinks about you. Because if you can get a grasp of what God thinks about you, it will actually set you free from basically the, you know, So Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice. There's that word rejoice. I told you it's going to be important. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Once again, this is so amazing because rejoice by definition is the clapping of hands, it's twirling, and it's dancing. And this is what the Word of God says that He is doing as He considers you. Can you imagine that? I mean, God is not angry with you. God loves you. And God is basically clapping and saying, you go girl, you got this, you got this, I, I, I love. Listen, 
Can you imagine that? I mean, God's singing over us. That's what the word says. He loves us. And there's something about joy that's just like, wow, I'm approved. I'm approved in the eyes of God. This is so powerful. Psalm 104, 31, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice. There it is again. And his works. God is happy with the things that he has made. He's happy. Okay. We also declare it in worship. Here's another joy builder. You got to declare it in worship. Psalm 66, one through four says, make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out to the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works through the greatness of your power. Your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. This is something sometimes you just got to remind yourself. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. Sometimes you got to declare to yourself. Sometimes you got to, in the, in the midst of this culture that's basically trying to tear you down, you got to realize God wants to build me up. When I look at the word of God and I see what God thinks towards me, then I can step out of that insecurity. I can step out of the doubt. I can step out of the fear. I can step out of the anger anxiety when I'm when I'm walking in this stuff and and basically I'm I'm anxious and I'm fearful and then I hear the words of Jesus that says what man by being anxious can add one cubit to his life sometimes you got to preach to yourself and remind yourself I remind myself sometimes you got to stand in front of the mirror and you got to say hey remember you are fearfully and wonderfully made even when you don't feel like it. Preach to yourself. Declare and come into agreement with what the Bible says about you. For I know the plans that I have for you. Right? And we've got to remind ourselves, and then joy comes in. Another joy builder, it's imparted by relationship. It's imparted by relationship. Now listen, if it's, cause this is a, I've been pondering on, it's the joy of the Lord is our strength. I gotta remember, it's not my joy. It's God's joy. And God is not, His joy doesn't change depending on the weather. Sometimes we just kinda go, oh. And we go there. That's not God. Okay? I love that. Pastor Ribbon went old school on us today. It's like, he's got the whole world in his hands. Remember, I remember seeing that. I remember I, I, as a little kid in, in, in school singing a solo. I think I was probably only like five, six years old and just belting that thing out, you know. So there's something about this that we recognize. If it's the joy of the Lord, that's our strength. The key is is remaining aligned with God. Okay, so when I get outside of that alignment with the Lord, that's when my joy and my strength are not there. And when I find myself in that place, I first have to examine where am I? Am I... Am I, am I making the kingdom of God? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these other things will be added to you am i am i in that place where i'm like oh i gotta get i gotta get realigned with how god has called me to walk 
Now, now listen, in John 15, we may not have this up there, but it's okay. Just listen with your good ear. As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus, so I've loved you. Abide in my love, okay? Abide in my love. That means remain. Abide in my love. This is really important. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Oh, oh, okay. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. There is a, there's that aspect of, ah, i got to remain. I'm, I'm going to remain. I'm remaining. In, I'm remaining and I'm abiding with Him. And then I received the joy and the strength and the courage. You ever had a you ever had a really good friend that you know is like twice as big as you? Just yoked. You know what I'm saying? It's all swollen up. And you look at him and you go, and he's got courage. You go, that's a guy I want. That's a guy I want with me in the dark alley right because something about how that friend carries himself and what's built in him is like hmm i just have a little bit better confidence going on you know what i'm saying we remain in the shadow of the almighty i will fear and though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil because I know in whom I have believed. I'm walking with Him. I'm, I'm aligned with Him. When I'm committed to spending time with God, faith is imparted. And I personally found it's so much easier to walk in joy when my faith is built. And the farther that I stray from God, the more that anxiety, fear, and certainly joys. I'm tapped out. I'm literally tapped out when I'm not walking with Him. I believe there's this joy that's that's not dependent on happenings and circumstances. Happy is happenstance. Joy is different. It's supernatural. And what you find is that if you want to walk in this joy consistently, it's not something that you manufacture. It's something that actually you, you, you are, it's imparted as you abide and you walk with Him. It brings you strength. It partners with courage. enables us not only to face things in the future, but change things that are before us. A critical key that we see in that passage that we don't like much is obedience. Jesus also said in another place, if you, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. It's not that God doesn't continue to love us when we're disobedient but we walk outside the boundaries and the love of God set in place to assure we are whole healthy and living life abundantly and when we love your God love the Lord your God with all your might all your strength there's a joy and then when we love our neighbor as ourselves, there's a joy and then when we serve and we give there's a joy and then when we're attentive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit there's a joy It's like, oh, the more that I actually walk with Jesus and do the things that Jesus has called me to do, the more joy there is. Joy is strengthened in community. We got to hear this. There's a joy and a strength imparted when I walk in fellowship. This is community. This is our community right here. 
but I'm not going to walk in just any fellowship. I'm going to walk with people of faith and people of joy. I can't walk with Eeyore. I can't walk with critical Kathy. I, 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 can, I can try to pull Eeyore out of the pit, but if I'm not able to pull him out of the pit, he's probably going to pull me into the pit and I can't live there. I've got to walk with people. I, listen, I've got to walk with people that are full of faith, that have that line of the tribe of Judah in their heart and in their spirit and in their thinking. Because otherwise, I don't have a chance out in this culture. I'm going to abide with those that declare God is able. I'm not going to abide with the ten spies that walked into the into the land and said, man, there's a whole bunch of goats and bees and there's giants. I'm going to abide with the two that said, hey, that's a land of milk and honey and it's wide open because if God is with us, who can be against us? The Bible says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I'm telling you, well, the enemy wants to kill, steal, destroy your joy. Depression is a joy killer, strength stealer, anger. Anger may feel like it's a strength giver, but it's temporary. And it's just physical. And the Bible says that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There's times when we want to get angry because it's like, well, we need to get angry. But we look at this and we go, no, there's a measured strength that we have to walk in. It's got to be tempered by the joy. Rejection, offense, betrayal, addictions, lust, sins, all of all kinds are joy stealers. And then we don't have any strength. It robs us of the strength to be courageous, which is essential to moving forward in the things of God. And finally, this morning, joy is given by the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we can fall into the trap that I just got to manufacture it. I just got to fake it until you make it. Uh Uh-uh. It's supernatural. There's a supernatural joy that's available to you. Paul was writing the church a letter as he was in, as he was in prison and chained to a Roman guard for three years. And he was going, rejoice. Yank on the chain a little bit. Hey, rejoice. Right? It's not about my circumstances. How can it not be about my circumstances? Well, because it's supernatural. And if I abide in Him and He abides in me, then there's a, there's a download that basically allows me to walk in courage and strength and, and joy and, and changes atmospheres. That's the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's His joy, but it's my strength because I remain in Him. And it's given and released by the Holy Spirit. Let me read this real quick. Romans 15, 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. It's a powerful thing. It's a supernatural thing. You may be going, Hey, Pastor, but you don't know my circumstances. Yeah, but I, but I know Him. And He knows your circumstances. He knows the very hair that's on your head. He knows if the sparrow falls. He knows everything, and He is willing to impart this amazing joy. 
And then I want to say this, the Holy Spirit, it's not always comfortable. Supernatural is not always comfortable to the natural man. And so sometimes we keep a distance. I love God, I love Jesus, I love the Bible. Oh man, the Holy Spirit people, mm, they're a little bit weird. Yeah, you know, sometimes you are, and you don't have to be weird. Seriously. I read a great book by Pastor Robert Morris. I recommend you read it. It's called The God I Never Knew. The God I Never Knew. Great, great book. And early on in his walk, he, he uh, before he really understood the power of the Holy Spirit, the relationship that God wants us to have with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I go, so, and I'm gonna, it's gonna be to your advantage. I'm gonna, set, I, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. Well, before he knew that, he, you know, he talked to one of his early pastors and, and he said, I just wanna caution you, just be careful around those Holy Spirit people. Listen, can, can, I, just, can I just say this? When you keep your distance from the Holy Spirit, you also keep fullness of joy and peace at a distance. Because that's the comforter that's the equipper that's the empowerment that's the the hope the joy of the lord is my strength it's god's joy that imparts something in the spiritual realm to us it doesn't depend on your circumstances right now you can walk out of this service this morning a different person than when you walked in if you'll just say lord i don't maybe i don't even understand it but i need your joy I realize that it's about abiding in you. I want to abide in you. I want to abide in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not about eating, drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The greatest step that you can take today is a step towards Jesus. And maybe most of you here have already taken that step. We'll take another step. Take another step. You know, this is kind of cool but jesus had all kinds of people around him he had the five thousand that were just there for the loaves fishes bread he had the four thousand two different times you know fed the multitudes cool man free lunch on jesus then he had the 120 and then he had the 70 and he had the 12 and he had the three and then he had the one who loved him you see that there's different i mean and i'm like I want to be that guy. I want to be the one that loved him. I want to be the one that just takes that step. I want to run to him with everything that I have. Because I can't make it out here without him. I, 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 I can't handle the, the stress and the anxiety and the confusion and the division and the anger. I can't handle that. You know what? You were never created to be able to handle that. He is the one that will give you your strength and give you your joy. I want to just, I want you to close your eyes just for a moment this morning with me. If you're here this morning, and maybe maybe most people here, you've already taken that step of faith to believe and, and, and walk with Jesus, but maybe you're here and you haven't. I'm telling you, it's the most important decision, profession, declaration that you will ever make in your life because it will affect you now jesus said i come that they might have life and have it abundantly it'll happen now and it'll happen eternally and if you've never taken the step and said today pastor i believe 
I believe, I profess and confess that Jesus is Lord, that I am a sinner, and He has washed away my sins. He was, He's the Son of God. He died. He was raised up on the third day. I believe today, and I declare Him today as Lord and Savior. Here's what I want you to do. Right where you're sitting, I want you to raise your hand so I can see. I just want to agree with you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you on the side. Anybody else this morning? Anybody any, Anybody up there? Any, any, anybody else? Come on. Today's the day I'm taking a step towards Jesus. I'm taking a step to Jesus. I'm taking a step to Jesus today. Come on. Can we put our hands together and just give a couple?